Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Integration Chronicles, the only podcast focused on ecosystem integration brought to you by Clio. We're your host, Tushar Patel. And I'm Frank Kenny. Ecosystem integration is the modern innovative way to extend and augment B2B integration. It takes a process-centric approach to orchestrate, connect, and integrate the core revenue-generating interactions and operational services. Partners, shippers, carriers, enterprise applications, and e-commerce marketplaces can leverage API, EDI, and file-based integrations on the same ecosystem integration platform, all with the necessary governance and control optimized to support mission-critical interactions in real, just-in-time, and batched cycles. Every couple of weeks, we will dig into relevant topics with industry leaders and integration experts with a specific tilt towards the supply chain. You'll learn how to grow your business faster, pick up best practices for scaling your organization, and discover new ways to drive operational efficiencies. Follow us to get up-to-date alerts when new episodes are available. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Integration Chronicles. My name is Tushar Patel. I am the CMO here at Clio. And today I have a fantastic guest with us, uh, our, our co-host, actually, of the Integrations Chronicle podcast, Mr. Frank Kenny. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tushar. Finally. Great. It, it's Singh has a co-host the show. It's uh, always cool when I have the opportunity to actually be on it. That's right. There you go. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, <laughs> uh, I know you recently came back from a phenomenal trip and you were at the FreightWave show. And I believe it's called The Future of Supply Chain, if I remember yeah. right. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, amazing show in Bentonville, Arkansas, which uh, I heard someone call it the Silicon Valley of logistics. And, and I have to agree. Um, just the entire city just is so geared to supply chain and, and logistics and everything. So uh, it's always interesting when you're sitting next to somebody on a plane and they know exactly what you do, right? When you have that conversation, um, when you're at the airport and, and, and those types of things. So it was a, a really good opportunity to be around brethren, uh, especially, you know, post COVID um, and the, certainly the first conference that I've been to uh, since COVID and, uh, you know, the first uh, uh, conference that I think Freight Waves is doing a lot. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, and I think the, I think you mentioned to me, there were what, 1500, almost 2000 people at this conference, at least that, that you felt it was there. Yeah. I, I'm going to say uh, uh, in, in some of the sessions, I'm going to say at least 12 to 1500. I mean, wow. it was, it was packed and I think it was, Far more packed, certainly, than I expected it to be. Um, and, and you know, traditionally within the logistics business, Tushar, uh, you typically think old, uh, just legacy, and it's all going to be a whole bunch of, you know, guys talking about, you know, yep, you know, when I was driving before I moved up into management, that kind of thing. Right. Um, it, 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 it absolutely isn't. And it's some of the best and the brightest um, from technology to um, just understanding the, the domain to the financial analyst. Um, really impressive set of vendors um, that spoke and that demoed um, just an impressive set of speakers. 
and the freight wave guys, you know, I, I just think that, you know, those are the guys that are on it. They're, they're just on it with everything from sonar to, um, you know, all of the, the TV shows, the uh, analytics and Anthony and, and the dude and, and, and Tim and uh, you know, what the truck and all the rest of that stuff. So just, just a, a, a plus, a plus event. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know what, one of the things that you mentioned was really interesting is yes, there's absolutely a stereotype out there that logistics organizations are laggards when it comes to technology adoption. Um, a lot of times you're dealing with folks who have been at that company forever and that type of thing. And, and I think, I think there's a changing, changing of the tide there that's happening. Um, at least what we've seen with our customers, we see um, a lot more technology being moved through and adopted in logistics. We see a lot of talent going into logistics. And I think what's happened with the pandemic and you know, coming out of the pandemic is we've been able to shine a light on logistics as such an important piece of our economy that they're starting to attract folks that they normally didn't attract, you know, three, four, five, six years ago. And I think what you probably saw at the conference was exactly just that, right? And I know you've got a couple of takeaways from yeah. the conference. And um, I was pretty amazed. I, I unfortunately couldn't go this time around, but I was def definitely amazed at some of the conversations and some of the excitement. Um, and for, for those of you um, who are listeners who are Clio employees, Frank was like live, to, you know, live slacking us from the event. That's how excited he was with some of the takeaways. And so my, my hope and goal for today for our listeners was to be able to take some of those takeaways, take some of the learnings and get them out of Frank's mind to, to share with our, share with the audience. So I'll start off with just bombarding you with a bunch of questions today, Frank, if that works. Let's, let's, let's get into it. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. So let's start off with the first. So, so obviously you saw a lot of things, you spoke to a lot of people, um, you know, you, you spoke to, you know, Clio customers, you spoke to people who are not our customers, you looked at the entire logistics ecosystem that was there. Um, and if you were to take a step back and say, what were your top three kind of themes or takeaways that you saw? Um, how would you bucket those? How would you bucket those things? Maybe, maybe three yeah, of them. You know, I, let me start by saying that I had an expectation um, that I was going to walk into this conference and I was going to be just overwhelmed with visibility, analytics, you need visibility, you need analytics, you need, you know, you need to know. And um, I, I it, it was shocking and pleasant to walk into an event where automation was uh, uh, the top, the, 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 the top focus. And, and not just um, automation like RPA or put, let me put robots in, in, in locations or autonomous trucks, because there was plenty of that there, some really good stuff, um, but really process automation. So the, the overwhelming desire to make processes happen um, automatically, right? And, and what, it, what that will do from uh, the perspective of predictability, consistency, dependability, um, all, all throughout the supply chain. And, and that's something that we've talked about for, for a long time, um, uh, the benefits of, of ecosystem integration, the benefits of business to business integration. Um, but, but really this whole idea that so much of the supply chain around logistics is becoming digitized. Uh, that was absolutely pleasant. And so it, it, it's almost as if we've seen with manufacturers and, and, and warehousing where uh, 3PLs and the like, where there's a lot of computers that are being 
a lot of robots that are being put in warehouses and automatic pick pull and and, and ship kind of things. It, it's interesting to see that discipline start to come into well if we're digitizing our warehouses we need to digitize the applications and so you know how can uh, how can we handle uh, load tendering in a much more elegant way uh, how can we handle the integrations that happen between my TMS and all of the other peripheral parts of the um, uh, logistics ecosystem and how can we get all of those things to happen? Uh, we watched the seven minute demos from something like 40 different companies and, okay. and every company was demoing how you know, one event happens and the multitude of, 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 of processes that kick off. And, and it happens every time the same way each and every time that you can bank on it. And so that was uh, incredibly important. Um, and that was just a great, it was a great thing to see. It was a great thing to hear. Um, and it was very, very much welcomed as uh, a leading indicator. Uh, and, and when you think about certainly integration technology, uh, integration technology isn't just about connecting the points. It really is about orchestrating the process as it flows between two or more different points. And why do you do that? You do that to get that predictability, that consistency. And why do you do that? Because that just totally keeps your planning and execution so tightly aligned that the efficiency, the, the first mover perspective, <laughs> all of that wonderful stuff you get. And you know, what's interesting when you say all of that, right, is when you go back to the the, the parts that you always see on social media and on TV, it's uh, all of the automation of the warehousing, right? Yes. That you talk about the robots and the pick and the pay and then automated, you know, you, you hear about uh, Elon Musk and all these companies out there talking about, you know, uh, automated delivery and automated uh, trucks and autonomous vehicles and whatnot. But, you know, our, we had a survey earlier this year that said, that, that showed us that 71% of organizations who are related to the supply chain are investing in over $100,000 over the next few months to invest in their supply chain technology. Mm-hmm. Would you say, would you, would you agree that that's how you felt walking on the floor that the folks that you were talking Absolutely. to? Investing? Okay. There's, there's two conversations <clears throat> that, that you're going to have when it comes to this. Um, the investment in supply chain technology is going to be Invested, investing in applications that help us do something. Yep. For instance, um, technology that's going to help us communicate with drivers um, um, better or easier. Um, uh, communications that are going to help us improve fleet maintenance. Technologies that are going to help us digitize and automate the proof of delivery systems. Um, technologies that are, of course, going to give us real-time status updates so that we can better plan dock operations, those types of things. And of course, all the backend technology for things like invoicing and, and things like um, you know a load board automation and, and what it means to, uh, if you think about load boards as little marketplaces of their own, the same way that we've seen in e-commerce, we see this, this shift um, going to load boards that that connect suppliers 
um, and and communities connect supply uh, the suppliers or the shippers and the and and the carriers. So all of that stuff that is uh, just those are the applications that we see becoming digitized. But it it really comes down to Shar. It, it really comes down to how do you connect those things in a way that mirror the business processes that you've done and that you know. I think the mistake that that people think about when they think about process automation um, is that they think it's new. And so, hmm. you know, companies such as Clio, what we try to do, and, and sometimes it, it, it's a little tough to, to catch, but what we do is we'll take the business processes you have and digitize them exactly the way that you have them. So that what you're doing, which is your secret sauce, you can continue doing it, but doing it in a far more efficient, far more dependable, consistent type of way. Um, hmm. And sure. then you can start to look at that business process and see how it can be improved. So it's not about the creation of new business process. It's not about the creation or doing something different. It's taking the secret sauce and how you do things and being able to bring consistency to it. And, and that was, you know, for all of the plethora of vendors um, uh, uh, that are in the logistics ecosystem, for all those vendors, how you connect to them and how you, how and when you leverage that capability, that technology inside of your business process of carrying a load and or invoicing a load or making money, that becomes really, really critical. So it's not so much integration, it's really process. Um, and and that, that was just incredibly exciting to see that there was a big push for that. I love it. That's fantastic, Frank. And so automation is key, right? Not just the visibility and the analytics, but the automation portion of it. You also have this ecosystem of solutions and applications that are out there. And so you have to you know, integrate you know, and, and automate these systems and, and all that. But what about the concept of, of compliance? It, it, was, that a, was that one of your key themes that you were seeing there? Because I remember you mentioning that in our previous conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so and, and I came back and one of the conversations that I had with a lot of folks um, here at Clio was, okay, what does that mean, carrier RFP or carrier compliance? And, you know, that, it, it, it's deceptively simple. It's exactly what it sounds. It's, um, <laughs> we just haven't seen it over the last two or three years. Sure. Um, in, in any uh, buyer-supplier relationship, there's a set of expectations. And those expectations are, are mostly agreed on um, explicitly and, and articulated through contracts. So for instance, you may have a certain big box retailer that says that you have to deliver on time in the amounts that you told me, or I'm gonna charge you back 10% of something, right? Yep. So uh, those, are, those are expectations. And those are expectations that get expressed in the form of, of, of uh, scorecards, in the form of key performance indicators, and those types of things. Um, when you start to get into compliance, you start to measure how well your supplier 
is performing to those indicators that you've established and yep. you can capture it in a scorecard. And yep. as long as you're above a certain watermark, you are in compliance. At the point that you're below that watermark, you're out of compliance. Um, and what does that mean for the business? What does that mean for the band? Well, if you're out of compliance, right. what, what are the consequences of that? Well, I, it, it could be it could be something it could be something very customer facing, in the sense that <laughs> if I am supposed to deliver X amount of units and I deliver um, uh, half that amount, then potentially when a customer walks into a store, a buyer, consumer walks into a store, they may not see what they need to see on the shelf. Yep. yep. Period. And you can't sell it if it's not there. And so when you look at some of the biggest retailers, the biggest tenant, the biggest thing that they say is you can't sell anything from the backstock. You can't sell anything from what's sitting uh, behind the wall in the warehouse part of your local big box retailer. It has to be out there. It has to be on the shelf. How many times have you gone to the store too, sure, where you say, hey, do you have any more of this in the back? And they'll yes. say, whatever we have out here is what we have. Whatever, right? whatever and, is on the shelf is all we have. Whatever is on the shelf is what we have. And if it's not on the shelf, then they've lost a sale. Yeah. And so compliance can mean that. But also compliance can mean very uh, a, 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 um, a back office issue around, do I have enough people to unload the truck? Because yeah. the truck said that it was going to be here at this time yeah. and it's an hour early. And so now my truck is waiting. I'm burning time there. The driver is not getting paid because they're not moving. And I may not even have the staff um, at the right places at the right time. Do I need to tell the staff come in four hours later because the truck is going to be four hours later? And, and so being able to, 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 to really get consistency there is critically important. And that's why you see so many of, so many of the buyers, the retailers, the distributors are really starting to ratchet up what they expect the watermark to be for compliance. And um, certainly that's what we've seen. And that's how we've started looking at um, new parts and, and new pieces of our platform and how helping companies to better manage that and, and better be aware of it and better do something when it happens. But what we've seen is specifically around logistics. So we've always been able to articulate that in a traditional buyer-seller relationship. But, but in, 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 in a shipper-carrier relationship, the dynamics are the same. The carrier is selling capacity and the shipper is buying capacity. And so when a shipper sends out a request, a load tender for capacity, that shipper has an expectation that a response, yes, I have capacity. No, I don't have capacity or yes, I'll take your load or no, I won't take your load. They need that response in a timely manner. Now, if it's no and things happen, right, it's still a response and it still allows them to find capacity elsewhere. If the answer right. is yes, that's great. It's what happens when there isn't an answer. And unlike uh, a traditional buyer, seller, you know, manufacturer, you know, buyer type of relationship where 
okay, I'm just going to short you 10% of the bill. Yeah. A shipper is just not going to do business with you. Yes. A shipper is just not going to call you in the future. So it's not that you lose money on the invoice. It's that you lose the customer. And, and you might lose that customer for life. Not for just for life. That exactly. And, and, and what's interesting and what made sense at the, at the Freight Waves event is how many people I saw that knew each other. Oh, yeah, I used to work with this guy 20 years ago at this company. So all of that bad juju carries over. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that, mm-hmm. So compliance is incredibly important. Even simple pieces of compliance like um, responding to my 204 or my load tender request. Um, yep. A lot of it is around digitization. We expect to use um, uh, EDI as a format instead of doing things manually. We're not going to push things to um, a, a board and have your folks type things into the TMS anymore. We need to do things digitally um, because of speed. And um, what's changed in the last two years is that if you are a carrier and you weren't compliant, capacity was so thin that I'm not going to say it didn't matter. I'm going to say that that truck wasn't going to sit empty. There's always somebody looking for capacity. Now that we're in this world where we have something like 92% capacity, where capacity is closer to where it was when the United States shut down in May of 2020, it's closer to that rate than it was to where we were in 2021. You know, now that we're in this, uh, some folks are calling it a recession. I, I think it's something a little different that's happening. And we can talk about that in future uh, podcasts. Um, when you're in that world, carriers can't afford to lose contracts, lose shippers, and, and, and break compliance. So, you know, the, the process automation, the idea of an ecosystem of logistics and, and all of the members in that ecosystem, you know, I've seen, I saw 40 different demos of all different vendors that do different things that are very valuable to carriers connecting all of those pieces so that you can get value out of it. And finally, um, really providing, really helping um, uh, technologies and, 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 and uh, integration platforms and orchestrations that really help carriers meet the expectation of the shippers. All of those things started bubbling up and it, and it was refreshing to see um, it was certainly stuff that resonated with me. I learned a lot. I learned a bunch of stuff that I didn't even know I didn't know. So it's always good to to do that. But uh, it, it was a very, very solid event. Awesome. Awesome. You know, and, and you talk about these this, this concept of expectations. And this is something we've been toying around with a lot. And, you know, being a marketing guy, I'm always looking for, you know, what, what is that next thing? And, and I, it's really interesting that you mentioned the concept of expectations and, and the word that I've been using is a business commitment and a commitment can be a promise. It can be an expectation. It may even be an SLA that you've already right. kind of agreed to contractually. And oftentimes there are expectations that aren't in your contract. Right. And so it's super important for organizations to understand what those expectations are, especially in the, in the world of logistics, where you said, you know, the, 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 the traditional, I'm going to sell you something and I'm going to, and, and I'm going to buy you something that tra- traditional order to cash kind of a process is makes sense. Hey, you promised a delivery and here it is. But when you think about logistics and you think about 
uh, carriers and, and you think about 3PLs and you think about that whole world there, there is a whole different set of commitments and expectations yeah. that are there that organizations need to be thinking about. And, and they need to start to figure out how are they going to have the proactive foresight to measure when they're at risk of meeting those expectations. Because when you've missed it, it's too late. That's right. Right. Like, like it's, it's like spilt milk at that point. All you can do is look forward and figure out what are you going to do next time. And now is the time to start thinking about that because it matters more now than it ever did before. Because I go back to this one word that I like to use, which, which is really, really challenging for folks sometimes to get, but, but your customers have a choice now. Your shippers have more of a choice now than they did before. And because they have choice, because they have choice, you've got to, you've got to bring up your game to a higher level than you've ever brought it up to before and, and managing expectations, managing commitments, being proactive about them, having the foresight ahead of time is going to be a, a big, big differential differentiation for you. Huge point. And, and I'll just say this and, and, you know, and, you know, we can put a stamp on this. Think about it, this perspective, um, company shippers used to renegotiate contracts every year, twice a year at most, there were calls from financial analysts and other longtime logistics professionals that were calling for quarterly, if not monthly, RFPs checking compliance from, from carriers, which means in a nutshell, if you're doing things in a very manually driven way, the simplest of mistakes are, you've got it two ways. You are uh, being, you have this threat that your your shipper is gonna drop you and you lose that very lucrative contract. And and by the way, uh, Tushar, it happens and it isn't like the shipper says, well, we're not doing business with you anymore. It happens and two months later, someone says, hey, we haven't gotten anything from such and such. What happened? That's what happened. Look at the books. You're fighting that. And then you're fighting this other thing that's happening where there's so much capacity and we still have supply chain issues, but there's a lot of capacity right now. So that means that there's, there's more fighting for those loads which means that you now have to be better than the carrier that's right beside you, than the 3PL that's right beside you. And because so many of these things are happening in the cloud, right? The, the choice of the, of, of, of the companies, there's so much about that. There's such a plethora of solutions that they can go, go to. Uh, you don't like uh, this system that helps you, you know, manage weight stations then you can go with this system. And it's just a matter of subscribing and maybe pushing some updates, maybe deploying a few applications on end user devices. Now, I'm I'm not trivializing it. What I'm saying is that it's more choices than ever. Um, Again, the biggest takeaway is how robust, how innovative, how much energy there is in the, the logistics technology um, side of the supply chain. And, and I'm, I'm very excited. The, the same way that we spent the last two years talking about e-commerce and e-commerce fulfillment, we get to have conversations about 
um, new proof of delivery, reducing days outstanding, um, getting paid on invoices faster. We get to talk about meeting uh, shipper expectations. Um, we get to we get to um, um, to talk about um, just just the, the the status updates and what those mean and how that could help me plan dock operations and and gate times and all the rest of those things. I'm just really excited about what the uh, what what the current generation of um, of supply chain professionals are doing. That's lovely. I love it. I love it. All right, Pring, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch topics on you now because we said we could put a stamp on on some of on some of the compliance and and some of the things that we saw. Um, you said you probably saw how many how many how many technology demonstrations did you see when you were there? Uh, I saw forty. Forty. So okay. Forty-seven. Oh. And they were they were split into two blocks. Uh, okay. Someone Monday, someone Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so you saw a, a lot, right? You saw a yeah, lot. Saw a lot. Um, Quick rapid fire. What was your most favorite technology that you saw there that just kind of blew you away that what you were kind of like, I didn't even think about that before. Or I didn't even know that existed before. Um, you know, I'm going to say um, uh, two, two vendors that I just thought um, I, that I, I uh, well, there was a couple of them that I just was absolutely blown away. Uh, I was blown away um, at some of the things that uh, Amazon Freight uh, was yeah. doing, um, and the uh, SVP of Technology, Hannah, and I apologize uh, if Hannah, if you're listening to this, I apologize. I got you, you know, McMullen maybe. McClellan. McClellan. It's got. It's not on my screen here. Um, absolutely, just floored by her um, pragmatic approach. And it is a great example of, you know, we all know Amazon, this trillion dollar company that is putting itself into um, the, the, the persona of where a, a, a logistics company. And we understand the importance of truckers, the importance of carriers. We understand the importance of shippers and we just want to bring them together. So that, that very humbled pragmatic approach that uh, Goliath, someone that has the Goliath like Amazon Freight, I, I, I thought that that was, uh, that was some of the demos that, that I thought was great. Um, I also think uh, things like uh, DriveWise and Platform yeah. Science, um, the technologies that uh, make, uh, uh, that, that make trucking safer. Uh, DriveWise had uh, an, an excellent demo, uh, an excellent demonstration where they were able to pull up a map and just draw a red zone where they needed every single truck on a lane to slow down to a certain uh, speed um, for safety reasons, because there was construction and being able to just draw that in. And then every truck that's on that lane instantly be updated is just amazing. Um, yeah. I, I, I also liked uh, uh, some of the uh, in dash stuff that, that uh, platform science um, put out um, Emerge, uh, which was one of the sponsors, uh, really thorough explanation and demonstration of carrier RFP. If this is something that people are going to do every quarter, this is the type of technology um, that you need. And then there were some, you know, there, there were some, some really good demonstrations from uh, companies like Full Circle, uh, 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 the Full Circle TMS, 
Um, and and the gentleman, the, the, the CEO who, who created that product was um, really talking about how this is his third time around. And it was interesting. He was making TMSs kind of lighter because of the plethora of, of, of logistics um, capabilities that were in the cloud that were surrounding a TMS in the ecosystem. We don't think about the TMS anymore from the perspective of, well, we're just going to migrate into another TMS. We're thinking about when we migrate to a TMS that is in the cloud, there are capabilities that would normally be in the TMS that are separated into point solutions. So mm. it's very important that you start to think about what kind of platform everything is being used to connect and, and orchestrate those processes. So, you know, I just think that all the demos were great and um, great, um, uh, um, great uh, financial um, uh, financial contributions from uh, Cambridge Capital and Hula uh, Hula and Loki. I think Hula that's Loki. the name. Yeah. Um, and then right. uh, we heard from uh, some great folks at uh, from MIT as well as from um, the, the I think it's the Sam Walton Business School at University of Arkansas. Um, really, just talking about again, really not talking to a stoic older kind of yeah. audience and yeah you need to get off the eye serious because no this was you know don't move silos of existing confusion and dysfunction into the cloud uh, i think the quote was um yes you're doing it cheaper yes you're doing it faster um but you're still doing the wrong thing and and that that type of advice is just it, it, it's just immeasurable so there you go fantastic well, ladies and gentlemen, I have Mr. Frank Kenny here from Clio giving us a rundown of freight waves. Frank, I'm going to try and summarize what you said here in about you know 15 seconds. Uh, the future of supply chain, which is what the freight waves event was, and and you know what I took away from your conversation today is is the future is here. The future is now, and that means yeah. there is tremendous amounts of technology that's being adopted by logistics organizations. We're not talking about you know. What is the old saying? We're not talking about your dad's old fill in the blank. We're not talking about your dad's old logistics company anymore. Some of the biggest, brightest minds in technology are now spending their time in logistics, not just the vendors, but also the folks that work at these companies. And so that was a huge takeaway. A lot of automation, a lot of process automation conversations taking place, a lot of conversation around what the ecosystem of logistics looks like, not just today, but very close into the future. And last but not least, Carrier compliance is a big thing. You have to manage those expectations. If you're a carrier, you have to manage the expectations. You have to look at the commitments and the promises and the SLAs that you may have with your shippers as long as well as some of the retailers that you may be working with. Because now as the markets and, and, the, and the winds are changing in the market, it's that much more important that you meet those commitments and, and uh, exceed some of those expectations. Did I miss anything, Frank? No, I, I think you hit it right on the head. If I can do my shout outs, like I always do my shout outs. Please, please. Thank you, uh, Cleo, thank you, Freight Waves, Craig and the gang. Just really solid event. Thank you to the folks at Uber Freight. The Daily Digest is, is, uh, 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 is just an amazing uh, concept of letting people know uh, real time. Um, great work from Ryder, great work from uh, uh, Convoy. Um, you know, uh, uh, Arc Best, uh, really, really uh, solid, innovative logistics uh, organization, and just 
a, a ton of other people that we saw that I had the opportunity to interact with. Just check out, go to Freight Waves, check out the vendors that presented there, look at the demo and see for yourself. Awesome. Fantastic, Frank. Thanks again for joining. And to all the audience members, we will see you next time. I appreciate you joining. Bye-bye.